Hi, thank you for listening to this episode of Bloodhound Picks. As always, I am one of your hosts, Craig. I'm Kyle. And I'm Josh. So this so this episode is my pick, Craig, as I already said my name. Um, His name's Craig. Yes. And so by the time you're hearing this, it will be December, but we're doing this in we're recording this in October. And I chose two movies that were kind of, I wanted to choose something that was dumb fun, basically, because by the time December rolls around in the States, we will have had an election where we, not to get too political on this, but where we either have elected a new president (laughs) who may be slightly out of touch with the general population, like normal or keep our old president who is horrible <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I we, even... we are, we'll either have a new president or the world's fucking over yeah okay so i wanted to, because of that i wanted to do something that will be a little bit dumb fun to either i guess be happy about the new one or just take our mind off of the misery so um well i could do a whole episode just on the year 1979 as being an incredible moment in horror history another year popped up 1988 where two (laughs) major movies in the horror genre were made and i am talking about the nest and night of the demons but since night of the demons is kind of become this very big cult hit I instead wanted to talk about the remake, 2009's Night of the Demons. So that's kind of how they're connected with 1988. Um, Before we begin, or let's just, we'll probably begin first with The Nest, because it's the one that came out earlier. And yeah, and we'll get into that. So The Nest, I was going to pull up the IMDb, but I don't think it requires that much. Uh, the nest takes place on this small island like a ton of horror movies where they are infested with cockroaches and then the cockroaches are start to become carnivorous and eating animals and then humans and it turns out that they were trying to this special this company was trying to create a cockroach that would eat other cockroaches kill them and then over the course of their lifetime they would just die out and they couldn't reproduce and stuff like that it actually kind of has a lot of moments that felt like um the science behind um guillermo del toro's mimic in a weird way and like how the creature was designed it's supposed to be now with that being said these cockroaches evolve because that's what happens in these type of movies they kill people and then whatever they eat they become a hybrid of so you start seeing a cockroach cat and then a cockroach human and then a cockroach thing creature i don't that's like a combination of them i don't know what it is but it's a combination so with that is the general what happens then we follow chef tarb or chef sheriff tarbell who is the sheriff of this small island. He's trying to save the day, but he's also trying to 
deal with his high school sweetheart who happens to come at the same time, Elizabeth Johnson, who is the daughter of the mayor, also the one who kind of made this deal with these company with this this whole company. And so they're trying to save the day with the help of the exterminator, Homer, and then they have an uneasy alliance with the scientist behind these cockroaches. And yeah, let's get into it about, I, I think I'll wait to talk, give my, well, okay, I'll just give my feelings so then I can hear your guys' because then we can jump off a little bit easier. I, this is my first time watching it and I didn't know what to expect. I just put it on. It kind of has like a, in the same vein as as slugs or kind of what would they call it the euro trash idea with movies like that that were popping up in the 80s and it has some great moments that i've talked to the to both of them josh and cow before and we'll kind of get into this where it feels like under somebody else's hands like this would be this could be an really inventive outstanding movie and there are moments that i think are great in it um it is very 80s schlock in the sense that and this is the only complaint i have that the sheriff has this long-term girlfriend beforehand who there's even hints that he's going to marry and then when his high school sweetheart comes it's like all of these kind of quirky side characters and her are basically washed away just to become, you know, fodder for um, cockroach meat, I guess. And I don't know, that's kind of, and I know that's kind of part of it and I know that's the fun in it, but it is one of those things where you kind of have all these really fun characters. I love the, um, the exterminator Homer, who he's obviously the, um, the comic relief in a sense. And then you have the mad scientist. I can't remember her name, her name now off the top of my head. Um, but she she appreciates the cockroaches. I think it's so funny that and we'll get more into the scenes as we go along. But I'd love to hear both of your thoughts on it. Yeah, uh, it was my first time watching it, too. I thought it was fun for what it is. Um, yeah, you could definitely see that like, it could have been better. It could have, you know, either it could have been a more scary, serious, or it could have leaned more into just being funny, especially given the super cockroach plots, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, the exterminator was the best. He should have been the lead, and yeah. it would have been way more fun. Um, in general, I was hoping, yeah, uh, the whole time. I know we're watching the sheriff. I know we're watching. Elizabeth or whatever in their whole love story but I was wanting to watch the exterminator and the mad scientist it's like can we just have a movie with them yes I agree. I'd be so happy <laughs> yeah and the exterminator wasn't he at least was decent or not the exterminator the sheriff was he was better than he could have been like he could have yeah. been really wooden he was a decent actor so it wasn't yeah. like terrible but yeah, their whole love story was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. 
whatever. The town's dying. They know this, and then they still make time to then go have a sex scene. Like, it's not one of those where they do it and then everything goes to hell. It's like everything's already gone to hell, and then they decide to have a sex scene. And then, kind of like, so what? You're kind of an awful sheriff if you know people are being killed. <laughs> he's also the opening is maybe the funniest part because he's so casual about all the roaches in his house and one yeah. floating in his fucking coffee. Um, yeah. Which is, it's kind of amazing they didn't make it more comedic after that fucking scene, which is yeah. so ridiculous. But they didn't. That's hey, Josh. The, yeah, that's the one thing Kyle, uh, of course, has hit on is that they set it up. The very first scene is literally hilarious where, you know, we see the sheriff in his his house, I guess it is. And he's got these fucking roaches in his house that have clearly, you know, created an infestation of some sort. Uh, and and he fucking there's one floating in his coffee. He's on the phone preoccupied. He doesn't realize it takes a big fucking swig of his coffee and then fucking spits out, you know, it's like, okay, so you're telling me that that's not a comedic way to set this up. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, the, the comedy just goes away entirely yeah. for, you know, a good 45 minutes. And it's like, I can't take this fucking shit seriously. <laughs> and then like, you know, then like when it does come back, like with the, obviously we've mentioned that the exterminator guy or whatever he calls himself, he's not an exterminator, but he's a, he's yeah, like a remember. pet pest specialist. Yeah. There you go. He has, he has yeah. all the best lines. Yeah, he does. And, and he's obviously the, you know, everything he said, well, maybe not everything, but most of what he says and most of what he does is fucking hilarious. And then that bit of comedy will come back into it. And it's like, no, you should have just, you should have just made this a comedy movie because None of it's that interesting anyway until about the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and you set it up immediately with the first, you know, introduction of the sheriff guy to be a fucking comedy. And then, you know, you you completely stop and try to make this shit serious. And it's like, no, no. Yeah. No, it. um, That is definitely it has these kind of weird tone tonal issues. And I talked about the the hybrid whatever the cockroaches eat, they become or mutate into. Yeah, the hybrid aspect, as Josh was saying, doesn't come in until towards the very end. Most of it is just cockroaches eating people. Well, eating animals and then people. And you get all these fucking cockroach POVs, man. That shit's scary <laughs> as hell. And you get so many shots of just like, I guess it's rice that they dyed black, sprinkled yeah. on corpses and you're just yeah. like and they just linger too and you're just like that shit's not moving it doesn't look real cut away yeah now so when the mad side i'm just going to say yeah the mad scientist when she comes around first of all her character and i always appreciate this and i don't i haven't read the book which is um by eli Cantor's, and it's um the same name but so it could have been uh, a non you know not a male but it's written like it was originally a male scientist in the same way 
that like um, the story goes that Ripley an alien was originally meant to be played by a man same with um, a movie that is really dear to my heart streets of fire the um, the sidekick I can't think of oh yeah Amy Madigan yeah she was that character was originally written to be a man and instead of then making it a quote-unquote stereotypical woman's role they basically switched it and then changed a little bit of the you know the he's to she's or stuff like that so it gives it this very it doesn't fall into stereotype and there are moments where you can feel that like there's a scene where he comes up and he's mad at her the sheriff and it'd be one of those scenes that obviously then the sheriff would punch the scientist and you know they would get back up and then they would work it out or whatever but he stops like if you weren't a woman you know but there's kind of those elements but there's this great scene where she's testing the cockroaches <laughs> she shoves her hand it's like one of those gloves oh. in the tube shoves her hands in there the cockroaches swarm on this glove and then she the whole time all of her acting she looks like she's so excited and nervous <laughs> i don't know she's shaking a lot and she's talking about how she's just like oh they're biting me they're biting through this. <laughs> yes. And then the mayor, um, what is it? Elias. It's like, well, get your hand out. <laughs> and so, and she's just saying there and you see, start to see blood and all that. And she's just excited. And finally they pull her hand out. It's just bloody and like all cut up. And she, pretty much the rest of the movie, she, her hands wrapped up. But it's moments like that, that are just, I don't think we're intentionally meant to be funny, but they're, like if they really went into that, like Josh and Cal were saying, like it'd be, I think it could be so much better. Yes. She also has the other great one-liner where she, yeah. I don't know what scene it was where she's just like, this sheriff's getting to be a pest. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yeah, that's like, somebody wrote that. That's a fucking, yeah. that's like right into what we're talking about. And then they just go back to being serious. Yeah. Like, come on. And then we have the um, exterminator. Not only is he doing all that stuff, he sees these cockroaches. Then he decides to go back to his house. Another kind of fun, unintentionally, I think, maybe funny moment. He goes back to his house to make chemical concoction to take out these roaches that can't be killed by normal chemicals. He starts mixing it all, but he's so frantic that everything's spilling all over. He has the jar or whatever. That I can't even remember. He says me. the um, line that he throws a cigarette in the house and it just lands with the chemicals and he blows his own house up. There's a lot of that in this movie too, where a lot of and it things was, blow up. And that was played completely straight yeah. too. And it's like, yeah. dude, what the hell? That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As he, not, he knocks over that jug of whatever the fuck that was. And it has the biggest fucking letters on the planet that say flammable and it's fucking dumping out all over the floor. He's got his smoke and then he just fucking throws the cigarette right into the fucking, it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. That's why would you throw why you Yeah. Throw why are you throwing your smoke in your own fucking house? Uh, <laughs> Cause you we'll, got to blow it up. That's why they need an explosion, Josh. Yeah. Uh, how, how else are you going to blow that house up? Um, so yeah 
It would have been better if it was an accident and then we saw him yeah. later pretending like he just had to do it or, you know, just making yeah. some shit up. Yeah. What? And then and then in the very next scene, when he's in the car with the sheriff, he's got like the black soot all over his face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so again, how am I supposed to take any of this seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously there are some spoilers. I don't think it's necessary. We could probably give the whole movie and it's not like it ruined a lot. But the other thing that was crazy to me, not crazy, but just unintentionally funny is the so Elias who is the mayor and he's been doing some bad stuff to help the town um, there's this whole part where him and his daughter are in the house and the cockroaches are coming through the the bathroom and they're trying to shut the bathroom door but there's a rug in the way and they keep trying to move, use their hands to move it but they're getting bit and so instead of just using his foot and sliding the rug he then he decides he has to sacrifice himself and jumps in the bathroom, which makes obviously no sense at all because he could have just kicked the rug or whatever. You could even pulled the rug out. It doesn't matter. It's just a little rug. Everybody's dealt with a rug in the bathroom, I assume, at some point. And it hasn't been that big of an issue. But yeah, that is how he sacrifices himself. And oh, it should be noted that this is produced by the Cormans. Well, Julie Corman specifically. I was gonna say no. Roger would, wouldn't even put his fucking name on <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> so that is. Does anybody else have any sp- scenes that really stood out? Or we have um, to mention um, that Homer wears. Hawaiian shirts and rides a fucking yes. moped. Like, he does. Th- this cannot be. <laughs> this has to be <laughs> hammered home because it's important to everything. It's like the best thing in the movie. <laughs> and he doesn't know how. And he doesn't know how to drive a car. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he's he's told that he needs to drive a car, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know how to drive a car." Which doesn't make <laughs> sense because it's <laughs> you can drive a moped. <laughs> it's like how different is it? Come on. They just needed that so they could separate the characters yeah. <laughs> for the plot device. So great writing. <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, when it gets to the hybrid parts, it is interesting. I will, you know, and because Josh was saying, and we've talked about prior, you kind of wish more of that came in earlier. I mean, that should have been at minute 20 because yeah. it was literally, there was nothing that interesting in this movie, you know, and, you know, bogging shit down with like the you know the love story shit that honestly did not mean jack shit you know it's just like i don't fucking care about any of this i I don't fucking care roaches aren't scary when you start introducing the hybrid things you know and obviously like the first one we see was the cat right yeah um so when you see you know wow it's like animatronic you know somebody built this thing it looks fucking great you know, it's like, it's too little, too late. Like, that should have come in. Literally, we can see and understand that there's a cockroach infestation, that these things aren't natural. But we needed to have these hybrid things, like, immediately. That should have been the threat. Not fucking cockroaches. I agree, yeah. Because they, like, yeah. Ate, ate all those things prior. Because they eat a guy yeah. pretty early on, and then nothing happens yeah. until much Same later. With- 
Yeah, they eat a, a dog, too, and that never pops up again. Well, that's the thing that she's doing the testing on, right? Oh, yeah. But it never, I don't think it makes a... It well, that probably wasn't in the budget. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. This was produced by Julie Corman. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, I would say to check it out. It's one of those where there's some meme floating around and you'll see it occasionally, especially in horror um, groups and stuff like that, where it says something like, instead of remaking good movies, remake films with great concepts but a bad execution. And I feel like The Nest is one of those where I would actually love to see somebody remake this and just and have the hybrids way earlier yeah. so if you're listening to this and you're remaking that hybrids earlier <laughs> it's all but we speak, ask speaking about leaving losing a budget quick let's move on to 2009's night of the demons based on 1988's night of the demons so let's get i'll start off by explaining 1988's night of the demons the whole premise is it it is one of the movies that is known as one of the better um evil dead kind of knockoffs if it was trying to be if it wasn't it's to be determined, but where you have people get possessed, it's ultra gory. It's, you know, it's right up there with um, demons as well. With like the, yeah, the knockoffs. Now, that is, you know, these people get together for a intimate Halloween party. And it's revealed that this house, that something very tragic has happened to it. And all these people died in the past. That if so many souls are, I believe it's seven, right? If seven souls are to perish in this house, then it would open the doors to hell and so on and so forth. So in 2009, it's the same type of premise, but instead the character of Angela Feld, who is kind of this weird outcast in the original and brings out these people, she is now known as she's played by shanna elizabeth who you would know from 13 ghosts she was also the foreign exchange student of course in american pie and been a lot of other things but she is kind of like the new orleans it girl i guess in this weird way where she hosts these huge parties and everybody comes to it and this group goes to this party and with all of these people and it ends up getting shut down by the police and you know unfortunately only seven people remain just enough to find the the basement with these skeletons that then they awaken some of the demons and then they have to fight for survival the rest of the night it also has uh, monica kina as the i guess the main character who is was the protagonist in freddy versus jason and I think she's been on a ton of stuff. And then Edward Furlong as the traditional kind of hunk ex-boyfriend. But it's Edward <laughs> Furlong. Anyways, so getting into it. This movie, and it, I don't know how much more to explain on that. If you haven't seen the, I'd highly recommend watching the original Night of the Demons first. 
if you like that, then move on. But this is kind of one where it's, again, as I mentioned this whole episode, the idea is around around dumb fun, and this is it to the extreme. It was done in 2009, as I mentioned, New Orleans, and then with a $10 million budget that obviously they spent on the house, the early party scene, and I have no clue what else. It's disappeared. Um, well, and it does, one of, yeah. it does one of those weird things to me that a bunch of horror movies do where it's like it starts out with this huge, huge party scene and then oh, something happens where all the party guests has, have to leave. So it only has a couple people and it feels... It doesn't feel purposeful. It feels like, oh, we didn't have enough in the budget to keep more people around for some reason. But as the night goes through, people die, people become demons, and yeah, that's basically it. It's stupid, and I want to just hear, because I know one of you actually really likes it. One of you, this was their first time watching it, and does not. So let's do it. Yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> it was my first time. Um, I it's been a long time since I've seen the original, which I don't really love that much to begin with. Um, the original is known just it has an infamous scene that deals with lipstick going into a nipple. Yeah, I remember you... watching it as a kid, and that you know we were just watching it to see boobs, and it was. <laughs> satisfying in that respect but yeah i don't remember really giving a shit um sorry <laughs> night of the demons man sorry josh um this was uh all the things you just said and more it was just all that uh so many like weird tropes that i kind of hate where it's like the it girl throwing the cool party that everybody goes to but she's a total bitch I don't know, all the characters, you were like, I fucking hate all these people and I want you to die. Uh, probably except Monica Kina, I guess, because she was like the least awful person. And she does have cool shit towards the end. Like, it, to me, it got way better towards the very end when she was the last person left. But She kind of has like a Bruce Campbell suit up scene. I don't know, a ton of movies yes, like that yeah. have it where she's making the weapons and it does the quick flashes and stuff like that. It's also weird to me that they didn't make more of the new Orleans setting. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously I guess it's, it's a limited budget and they, it's going to just be in a house, but like even the stuff they shot, even the stuff before they get to the house isn't very interesting to look at. And I'm like, man, you're in new Orleans. It's like a really atmospheric location. And this is all just kind of boring shit um yeah yeah and oh you know what i love though i think the best part of the movie is all of the flat like the opening and the flashbacks all the silent movie stuff is fucking amazing i would have watched a whole movie of that over everything else <laughs> that happened by and far speaking of speaking of the new orleans setting at the very beginning they stole all of the beyond for that yes. you know and it's like, Jesus Christ, uh, that's really obvious what you're doing. But I mean, it does work and it, yeah. and it is really it is one of the more interesting things that they did. 
from a stylistic standpoint. Um, but yeah, I was just like, oh my god, why didn't you just shoot the the beyond shot for shot? Because you know. Well, did you that... also notice it in the party? You have a there was another movie that was of course way more popular that somebody was dressed up as a uh, Victor Crowley in like the Halloween party. Oh, I didn't. And was, uh... and the saw puppet. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Which I think that was the same producers or something. I don't know. There's some connection to Saw. There had to have been, right? I mean, there's no way they could use that shit. So, Josh, what were your thoughts on Night of the Demons, the remake? I mean, it's it's largely pointless. <laughs> um, and the, I say that I say that not minding the movie at all, but. It was largely pointless. I mean, they stuck so goddamn close to the original story. And about the only thing that was really different is obviously, you know, it, it's it takes place in 2009 instead of 1988. So a lot of shit was like updated out of necessity. Um, and they made the characters much more annoying, like all of them, except for Monica Kina. Um, I'm not sure why that was a decision, because... You know, it does. It's just like all of these fuckers are just, you know, it's like I you all have such punchable faces. And um, but I mean, even the stuff that they added and and, and altered from uh Kevin Tenney's original, I mean it it didn't really work very well. And I think it was kind of I mean, it was fine, I guess, that they, you know, were able to find this room that you know the the housekeeper back in the day you know put the spells on the walls because she fucking knew what was up i mean it, it's fine i guess but then it's like then we're stuck in this room we can't you know yeah. we're not we're not gonna go anywhere we're gonna just sit in this fucking room um and I, you know and it was like i don't know it 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 it's it, i feel like it's largely pointless um i think when uh when remakes are done right uh you you obviously need to keep some of what you know was brought up especially because night of the demons the original film is good um you know it's not like you could really improve it um and they don't but I, you know i i like the kind of shit you know like uh the linnea quigley cameo which obviously she's one of the main uh actresses in the original film there's a cameo of her uh, because it's set on Halloween um, where she's dressed up as her character. And I thought that was amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it didn't change hardly anything. They used some of the like identical scenes, yeah. you know, like the lipstick thing that we've mentioned, uh, you know, make it different. You could do something that, you know, you could do something similar, but make it different. I mean, well, they, well, they um, added the, I don't know how graphic. Yeah, the, the oh yeah, the, the way it ended up. Yeah, for the lipstick. You know, I mean, it's like, eh, you still, you still essentially did the exact same thing. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, and talking about the characters, like, I think that's where their budget went too. By the way, because I mean, all those fuckers, especially in two thousand nine, had to have been expensive. Maybe not Edward Furlong, but you know, he's still <laughs> Edward Furlong, and. Motherfucker is going to say, I was in T2, bitch. So yeah. you're going to pay me. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm assuming that's where their money went. Um, but he was, he was, uh, probably the best part because it was like kind of watching a train wreck where you just can't <laughs> look away. Um, he seemed drunk all the time. And he also just seemed like they just said, dude, just show up on set. We don't care what you're wearing. We don't, you know, just, just show up. So and, act, his, yeah. and act like yourself you know you don't even you're not even really playing a character you're just edward furlong that so was, his his was, character was are you no, go ahead, go ahead. so his character is supposed to be the ex-boyfriend of maddie who is monica kina and he so he's not there for the halloween party there's this whole backstory with him that again is pointless where he yeah. is a drug dealer who isn't able to make back his money. And so basically this kingpin or whatever you want to call it tells him, well, I'm giving you tonight to give me, get me my money. So he goes, so Edward Furlong, also known as Colin goes to this party to then sell his drugs. Okay. And then when the cops come, he throws his drugs down to the, the basement. Or whatever. Yeah. Which yeah. is why they go down there. We have to talk about this. This is, imp- this is really the thing that I most want to talk about in this whole movie was, so he goes to see this British drug dealer in New Orleans named Nigel, who's upstairs of a strip club. And they're having this conversation and Nigel's getting a blow job and casually talk, you know, yeah. casually drumming Edward Furlong out. Um, <laughs> and this is a trope that we've seen in other movies, usually not yeah. good movies, but it always happens and it doesn't make any fucking sense because like the this would be funny if Nigel was playing into the pleasure of what's happening but but saying mean things but instead he just acts like nothing's happening and there's just a girl pretending to yeah. do what she's doing and it's just like what this is now i hate this because you're like i'm going to be clever and put this this scene in here and it just doesn't there's no reason for it yeah. it's awful it makes it, it just makes me angry. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? I'd say the MVP, like when talking about Homer with the, as the exterminator, the MVP for me was the, I don't even know his name. It's kind of like the, the like one that. you would expect to be the, not the, you know, the boy next door. He's like the, the more quirky. The third wheel least. kind of guy. Yeah. And he pops up. There's several points where what some guy takes a bag of a kid's candy, he shoots him with a paintball gun in the beginning, yelling, yeah. I forgot, no costume, no candy. Yeah. And yeah, he's basically the one that's bringing all of the, the, I mean, most, it is very more tongue in cheek, but he's bringing that more obviously. And so for me, yeah, he was kind of the, the one I was willing to watch a little bit more, you know, obviously Monica Kina and him, everybody else were rough. <laughs> Are there, it, I mean, it was definitely a two thousands remake in the sense and a horror movie where they very over-sexualized it. You know, they made sure to get all the best looking people. Well, besides Edward Furlong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things which happened a lot in the 2000s of just well, very tight clothes, stuff like that. Well, and going off what Josh said with what I think too about the budget is 
it's also that casting of people that are names, but no one that we actually care about. So, yeah. it, you know, it's this over-sexualized. Exactly. It's all these people that I'm like, yeah, I've seen you and stuff, but I don't, you know, you're not making me go see this movie at all. Yeah. So you kind of just wasted your money and you're not a great actor. And this is just like, eh, <laughs> that was a waste. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there is some great before the budget goes completely out and a couple of the characters basically are reverted to their demon form as just rubber masks by the end there is some kind of great little horror gore moments i think there's the um, boob gang ripped off uh, or scratched off i don't know um there's the chick gets her face ripped off yeah that was decent yeah so there's you know several like that there's a weird kind of sex scene turn into demons thing that goes on um and that's all they want to do is fuck too speaking of you know that's that's like the you turn into a demon you don't you you want to kill but you (laughs) you want to fuck just as bad as you want to kill that's one of the things is that for some reason yeah in my notes it's like so the whole thing is you have to get seven souls before sunrise on um halloween day and you know it's they're sitting there having basically this orgy while the characters are hold up the surviving characters are you know they're held up into the this secure room and it feels like so wouldn't you as demons be like you're really just wasting time having this orgy right now (laughs) like i'd be more frantic if i was a demon to try and make sure i can get these seven souls or whatever it may be but no they're just too excited about sex well you would think they would just seduce everyone because that's how they get the first couple people and it works yeah like why why don't you just seduce all seven people it's probably not that hard they're (laughs) they're going to be vulnerable once they're having sex with you and then they're a demon and then and they've been drinking heavily yeah (laughs) and they're all idiots (laughs) yeah So, any last words on Night of the Demons or The Nest? Which one would you recommend? For I would recommend The Nest far over Night of the Demons. <laughs> I mean, I could see getting drunk and watching Night of the Demons yeah. with some friends for sure. Yeah, I mean the biggest the biggest thing with, I mean, especially like you know, Kyle mentioned that he doesn't really like the original film. I love the original film and it's just evil dead, but set on Halloween. I mean, fuck, how could you go wrong? You know? Um, And they did nothing to improve or even really try to improve. In fact, it almost seems like they tried to make it worse um, in numerous ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and really the, the only thing that for me that the nest is guilty of is it didn't have the budget and it was obviously written to be boring and not very interesting <laughs> until about the last 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, if you, if they were able to do, you know, we, we've mentioned it like no other, if they were able to do like the hybrid creature shit at minute 20, that film would be, you know, borderline fucking impeccable. Night of the demons. Not so much. <laughs> if you got to choose between 2009 and 1988, just go with 1988 every time. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, so there you have it. 
Um, hope you enjoy, and of course, this will be well airing in December, so there are some movies to enjoy depending on what we are at in our country <laughs> or the world. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening. Bloodhound Picks Podcast is part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Produced by Josh Lee, Craig Drum, and Kyle Hintz. Music by Raymond Seed. Editing by Kyle Hintz.